This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 79. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Tara Clays. And I'm Liam Dempsey. Today, we're joined by Alistair McDermott from WebsiteDoctor.com. Alistair is a business strategist and marketing consultant. He helps professional services providers get more visitor website traffic and sell more online. Building websites and software since 1996, Alistair is the author of Running a Website with WordPress, a quick guide for business owners. Hello, Alistair. Hi, guys. Hi, so glad that you're here today, Alistair. Can you tell us more about yourself? Um, sure. So I live in the rural west coast of Ireland, and uh, I've been um, I've been kind of geeking out on, on web stuff for years. My background is originally in software development, and um, uh, back in the day, I used to um, I used to do stuff on uh, IBM Mainframe, writing assembler code. So I'm I'm fairly geeky uh, in that sense. But um, I've kind of moved now towards the um, the business and marketing end of the spectrum which uh, I find very um, uh, rewarding, I think is the the right word. So, uh, yeah. That's fantastic. So we've only been chatting just a little bit here, Alistair, out in our virtual hallway. And I I clearly could tell that you were from Ireland. I didn't realize you were from the west of Ireland. My my wife's family's from uh, Westport and right along the Westport Newport Road. So I don't know how close that is to where you hang your head every day. Yeah, I'm moving to Westport uh, next week, and I live in Newport, so pretty close. But actually, <laughs> <laughs> so I've probably drank in some of the pubs that you you might have visited over the years. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So I'm actually originally from Dublin, which okay. is why I don't really have a strong uh, West yeah. accent. I have a fairly uh, a fairly neutral accent, actually, for, for an Irish guy. So um, people don't sometimes don't know where I'm from. But uh, yeah, so um, it's it's been it's interesting living in a in a rural area. Um, much smaller um, kind of market size for for business, and um, for a long time we had some kind of uh, challenging technology issues with uh, trying to get online. So uh, I was very good at diagnosing slow websites because I could see them loading <laughs> in real time because they were so slow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, we should we should know on the the last little Irish mention perhaps is that is that we have Liam, Tara, and Alistair. We have we have an abundance of Irish happening here in in the podcast today proud proud irish heritage myself so (laughs) so um so you talked a little bit about your background and um you've kind of transitioned a bit from the more technical stuff to the more marketing stuff but can you tell us how you got even got started in in tech you've been doing it for a long time oh yeah um so i guess back in about 1995 um, when I was in what you guys would call high school, uh, I was, um, I, I guess I was a bit of a geek anyway. Uh, like I used to like read a lot of sci-fi and stuff like that. But my, uh, my parents got a computer that, uh, that wasn't, that, cause we, we had an old computer that you couldn't really do anything with. Um, an old IBM 8088, if anybody knows it's like 8086, but, uh, kind of a, even slower. But, uh, anyway, they got a, they got a Mac. Um, it was a Performa 630. Um, with uh, I think it four megabytes of RAM, but um, yeah, so I used to play around with that. So basically, I, I broke that, 
and I had to fix it. So, so that's how I got into computers. And then I got into, um, I went to college and I did, um, I did software engineering, software development. And um, yeah, and I got into websites around the same time. So I had a website on GeoCities. So yeah. uh, that was my first, uh, my first website. So um, yeah, so back uh, kind of old school. Uh, yeah, we've had a couple of other guests who had GeoCities websites and they, were, yeah. they had some old sites that we could actually see like with flashing stuff happening. And oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I could dig something up for you. <laughs> yeah. So how did you uh, make the transition from the software tech end of things to marketing? What led you down that path and into that transition? So I guess um, I was a terrible corporate employee. I probably wasn't very good to work with. I, I, I have since apologized to all my old workmates. <laughs> um, I was probably always destined for self-employment. <laughs> um, because um, yeah, I would be the the annoying person at, at the back of the meeting um, because I, w- I was just smart enough uh, not to get into trouble, but I was smart enough to cause trouble. Um, but yeah, so um, I, I realized that I, I just I, I I wasn't enjoying my job and I needed to get out. I needed a change. So I thought um, back in in two thousand seven. I don't know if you guys remember the economy was really booming. Um, things were great in early two thousand seven. So I thought, hey, now is a good time to quit my safe corporate job oh. and start a business. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, I did that. Then came 2008. Yeah. And then came 2008. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that was, that was really fun. But, um, so what I, I had built a couple of, of commercial website projects at that stage, um, just as kind of Nixers, uh, is what we call them here, um, like small jobs and, um, kind of side, you know, just for, um, you know, your money basically. Yep. And, uh, so, what I, what I did was um, I was looking for something, what skills do I have that are kind of technical in, in, in nature that people would pay me for. Um, so SEO was, was one of those. So um, back in, I think in you know, 2005, 2006, when I was getting into SEO, it was really technical. Uh, whereas nowadays, there's a lot more tools available that make it a bit easier. But back then, it was... Um, you, you kind of needed to be a bit of a, a bit of a techie, a bit of a programmer sometimes to, to be able to do some things. So SEO was my route into, um, into that whole world of marketing and website, um, I guess, conversion rate optimization, that kind of stuff. So in 2005, 2006, really, you know, you're, there's still a lot of static sites back then, right? YouTube oh, yeah. was what, 2004 and CMSs were available, but, Still, just about every other developer was making their own CMS before you know, some of the bigger open source projects began to get some momentum. When you were doing SEO back then, were you doing SEO on static sites and having to go back in and you know, uh, take technical steps on 87 different pages? And Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, of course, I had my own you know, self-built CMS that way. Well, I mean, of course you did. Of course you did. Calling, calling it, calling it a CMS would be going way too far, but <laughs> um, yeah, it was basically a kind of a PHP framework that had hard coded CSS and things in it. You know, it was, it was terrible, but um, yeah, it, it kind of, it kind of worked if you, you know, um, kind of stuck one finger here and twiddle this dial over here and yeah, it didn't, it, it was okay. So anyway, yeah. So I was, I was, um, uh, I was doing that, and uh, then I realized in, uh, I guess, 2008, um, 
I didn't like selling SEO and um, I didn't really like the, the kind of lack of reliability um, in terms of what you could offer your customers. And um, I didn't like, uh, I just didn't like the whole, the whole premise of selling SEO, which is basically, if you give me lots of money, I'm going to do a lot of work and maybe it's going to work and maybe it's not. And, you know, it's, it's a bit more complicated than that, but that's effectively what you're saying to people, you know? So it's, it's, um, I didn't really like doing that. I had a lot of people ask me for websites. And so I started building websites and it's just a much cleaner, uh, cleaner sale, you know? So it's pressure, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's similar to advertising before, before the net, you know, people would spend money on advertising and you can't really prove that what you're spending on advertising is really getting you any direct return. So it's with, with organic SEO anyway, it's similar, right? Yeah, yeah, it's such an interesting offering that the the only guarantee is that there are no guarantees. Yeah. And if anybody is trying to sell you a guarantee, you should not buy it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I, I did actually do the whole um, money-back guarantee. So I was offering a guarantee, which is a money-back guarantee. But then people were saying, if anybody ever ever offers you a, a guarantee in SEO, then that means they're uh, they're doing something sketchy. So yeah. then I was thinking, well, well, I actually have to back off on that. <laughs> so because people were associated, even though it was kind of a um, a risk free option for them, people uh, people were seeing it as negative. So yeah, yeah. I want to back up a minute and and go back to you're talking about how you you weren't really cut out for the corporate life or the corporate uh, job, and that you you know you were trouble in your own way and and can you talk a little bit more about that and what that meant i i also feel like i wasn't cut out for the corporate world so i'm curious to hear what your take on that meant more specifically um i i'm I'm trying to find the right words to to describe it um would i get myself in serious trouble uh (laughs) i was i guess i was just a bit of a troublemaker and I, i wasn't i wasn't good at being um i wasn't good at being a small cog and following orders, you know, I never would have made a, I never would have made a good soldier either, you know, um, I'd always kind of strike out my own direction or, um, yeah. So, uh, uh, I guess I found it very constraining and also because like I was in a, it was in a very big company, it was in some microsystems. And, uh, so like, um, I think at the time they had about 50,000 employees. So, mm-hmm. Um, so it was a big, big system to be in, and yeah, it just didn't really, really fit me in because uh, I was doing the same thing. It's funny now because at, at the time I was doing the same thing over and over again. I didn't enjoy it, whereas now I want to do the same thing over and over again. I can't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. So you struck out to to be your own boss, and how did you learn how to do that? Or was that something instinctive? Oh, yeah, true trial and error. Um, and I was terrible at it at first. Um, yeah, that took, me, um, that took me years to get right, I think. What so, was the hardest thing? Um, I guess, I, I mean, I gave a couple of talks at, uh, at various different, um, different business events and things. And I had people coming up. Uh, asking me to partner with them on projects or come in on, on startups and things. And I said, yes. And that was a mistake. And um, it was, it was great. It was really flattering and it was great experience, but at the same time I wasn't concentrating on my, my thing and, and I wasn't concentrating on my own personal business and, and moving that forward. 
And I effectively let my consulting business die uh, over the course of about three years uh, between about 2010 and 2013. Uh, so I had to kind of uh, resurrect that from, from, from nothing. So, uh, and that was a bit of a mistake um, because those other projects didn't pan out for whatever reason. Um, because, you know, the odds of a startup succeeding are, are pretty low. So, um, yeah. And um, like I said, it was really flattering. But at the same time, um, uh, you know, you, you have to say no to some things. And, and I didn't. So, um, yeah. But really good business experience. So, um, like, I had a lot of meetings where I was I was in I was in a boardroom where um, where the 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 prospective CEO of the company is, is pitching for um, for VC money, and I have to support that with with the technology stuff or the marketing stuff. But you know, being in those kind of pressure situations is very interesting, and, and it's um, you learn a lot from that. Yeah, I don't think we've spoken to any new anyone who, as a new business, um, said no. I think that a new business you can't really say no. It's part of learning is that you say yes to things to figure out what you need to say no to this yeah. trial and error, as you said. So that's, I think that's a good challenge to have overcome. <laughs> yeah. I imagine uh, temptation would have even been more so if you're spinning out of 2008 and 2009 and somebody in 2010 says, Hey, Alistair, want to make some money with us? I think, oh yes, please. Oh, absolutely. Cause it was tough. Um, my, my first year in business 2007 was really, really good. So, um, like oh, it was a brand new business and it was a six figure year. So that was really good because my, my salary in, in comparison at my previous job had been tiny. So, um, to, to do that. And then 2008, 2009, it was, uh, for 2000, 2008 and 2009, I was living off savings from the first year of business. And yep. then like at that stage, then you're, you're kind of scraping the bucket. It's like, Oh, like, uh, I don't know what the, um, if you guys have an E rating on this, but uh, it hit the fan. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alistair, you've walked us through a, a few different career flows and some, the way to where you got to now. And what I want to flag up to you or, or ask you about is one of our, our more signature questions and it's about success. Mm-hmm. And I'd ask you to define or share with us your definition of success, maybe a personal definition, a professional definition, or a mix of both. Yeah, um, I had to think about this because I listened to uh, a whole bunch of these podcasts in the car, um, and you. I was trying to think, and um, what what would that be for me? And um, I think that it's helping people. So, like, I'm not a I'm not a, a, a liberal uh, hippie tree hugger type. But I do like helping people, and I, I think that in general, most people are inherently good. That's my position, and um, and want to help other people. And I think that helping people is success in its own way, and usually you get a reward from that. So I think success is helping people and getting rewarded for it. What sort of rewards are you looking at? How do you measure that success then? Oh, well, ideally in, in the bank. So that's, that's the best kind of reward, really. Um, but, you know, um, just when, when you help people and, and you can see that you've helped them and they really, truly appreciate it, you know, you can see it in their eyes. So, um, and they say it, you know. Uh, and sometimes you don't get a reward straight away. Uh, sometimes you don't, don't get a reward at all. Um, but, you know, we, I, I believe in karma, it flows back, you know. Yeah, I think that's true. And I also think it can be true as much as the bank I understand what you're saying. I think 
being paid for something that you know someone appreciates and has helped them is great. Being paid for something where you feel like that they're not satisfied and you haven't helped them is not is not enjoyable money. I mean, it's still money, right? But it's it's not the yeah. same thing, right? I, I think that some people are happy anyway. It depends on your philosophy and your kind of worldview. I think, but um, yeah, I think it's it's better. <laughs> it's clearly better when when people truly appreciate it. You know. Yeah, if your idea of success is helping people, then then that comes that comes handy. You also do need to protect yourself because sometimes people will take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and particularly mm-hmm. if you're the kind of person who volunteers a lot, or you know, you just need to put some kind of guidelines and rules around it for yourself. Yeah. And again, probably mistakes where I didn't say no enough to some volunteer type stuff early on, but um, again, it's all experience at the same time. So what do you do toward this idea of success? How are you involved in helping people? I know today you were talking about the, um, the local business uh, center that you're working in. Um, oh, yeah. So a little um, bit about what you do to help. Sure. So uh, the stuff I'm doing today, I'm, I'm, I'm getting paid for. Um, it's not, not very um, high rates here, but... Um, well, but you're helping people, right? That's, <laughs> no, it, it is paid work. But um, what I find is really useful. So uh, today, um, this is my seventh meeting of the day, I think. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, m- I met with a lot of people today, um, small business owners. Um, and so I got to talk to seven different, seven different business owners, six different business owners who I was helping with various different challenges, uh, with their business, usually related to website or online marketing, but sometimes again um, they're not related. They're they're something totally different. Um, I, like I give you the example beforehand of of uh, a guy who thought he had a website problem, and when I dug more into it, I realized that he used to have an assistant, and that the assistant quit 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 their job, and so he was now doing the work of both, and he never replaced them, and and he was getting totally stressed and snowed under with work because he hadn't. But he thought, oh, I've got a website problem. So, um, and I guess it maybe sometimes it takes somebody external to, to see that issue. So, um, but yeah, so talking to business owners about these, um, about all these different kind of, of issues. And so that teaches me um, what people are looking for and t- tells me, you know, what kind of language people are using to describe their problems, which is really good for SEO, for example. And um, yeah, it's just a really good... Um, it's just really useful to, to talk to, to people, to talk to your clients and potential clients and learn from them and learn what kind of issues they're having. So, you know, uh, so there's, there's a whole bunch of wins there for me in that one, I'm helping them to get, to get a result. Uh, two, I'm learning what people are looking for and I'm kind of keeping, um, I guess I'm keeping um, up, to, up, up to date on what people need. So, um, yeah, I find it really useful. And then three, I'm getting paid for it. So, yeah, yeah it's a big win. That's a really interesting perspective. I had never thought about that before, but in helping other businesses and and pulling from that, the language that they use, that's a fascinating thing to come out of that type of uh, experience with. That's really cool. Tell us a little bit about the website doctor and what that means. It, it sounds like from what you just shared with us about your conversations today is that maybe website is the avenue in and the the backdrop, if you will, but it, it may be perhaps a, a wider business consultancy, but but you tell us. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's quite interesting. Um, 
I was talking to Philip Morgan, um, who's a, like a specialization coach, specialization consultant. And um, the way that I feel that my business is going, I'm going down the route where in maybe 10 years time, I'm going to be a management consultant. And, and, and that's the way it's kind of veering. Um, and I don't mind that. Um, I, I don't want to get too much away from the original premise of the website doctor um, because I do find the technology stuff really interesting. But um, yeah, I, I do tend to see a lot of business issues that are not necessarily website related and online marketing related. And I guess I talk to people about those issues a lot. So, um, and I, I think that my background and the startups and um, I, I also, I'm a big reader. I love, I love reading books. Um, I think it's probably the best investment you can make in your business is to buy books because you get access to the brains of these really great people and you get their best work for 20 books. You know, it's, it's a crazy, uh, it's a crazy deal really. So um, yeah, so I read a lot and um I find um, you can get a lot from that. And um, so, uh, yeah, I think, um, I think when, you, uh, when you talk to business owners about issues over and over again, and when you're in these situations, like when you're in pressure situations in a boardroom meeting where somebody is trying to kick you off the board of a business, your business partners want you out and you have to try and handle that situation and things like that that, that I've been through, I guess that, um, that gives me a perspective or a bit of knowledge about uh, that I can then bring to the table when I'm talking to, to clients, you know. Is there a specific type of client that you like to work with? Um, I found this, I, I struggle with this a bit in figuring out exactly who or being able to nail it down. So I like working with what I call B2B professional service providers. And the problem with that is, Nobody who's actually a B2B professional service provider calls themselves that. Um, so they, they tend to call themselves consultants or, you know, maybe it's a financial planner or it's an accountant or, you know, it's, it's a whole wide range of people who provide professional services of some kind and ideally to other businesses. And they're the ones who I feel I can help the most. But, um, it, um, you know, so for example, I know that I don't like doing retail e-commerce. So if somebody sells... 20,000 um, SKUs off, uh, off a huge e-commerce site. That's not really my kind of site so um, or my kind of business. So, yeah, um, I do struggle, and I haven't really nailed this down. That's one of the reasons I was, I was talking to, to Philip, for example. That's a common challenge that people have is figuring out who their ideal customer is. Uh, we have show notes on this, and so I won't have you go into it now Maybe you can share with us after, but maybe you could name a couple of the books that you've that you have gotten the most from since, yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. So I mean, I think that probably the best business book is uh, the E Myth by Michael Gerber, and um, so the the premise of the book, and I, I think it's probably the best business book and the most useful, but it's also one of the worst written um, because I, I hate the way that he he. Um, he, he, he kind of makes this fake scenario where, you know, Sarah gaze longingly across the table at me and this kind of stuff. But the, the material in the book is brilliant and it's probably the most insightful um, for me understanding. I think it was probably the, the thing that helped me the most when I started out being turning from a software developer uh, or software engineer into a business owner uh, in viewing these three hats of the technician 
being the person doing the work. Um, and then the manager managing all of the work and then the visionary having that future vision and that as a business owner, we need to swap between those different hats. And that's the crucial message. Uh, and then the, the, the myth itself is that somebody who's good at doing something is good at running a job or is, sorry, is good at running a business that does that thing. So um, I recommend that book to every business owner. Uh, it's the E-Myth. I will add that to my uh, purchase and reading list. Thank you. Alistair, I'm going to take advantage of the fact that I'm on the microphone and ask you one of our other signature questions. And that's really about advice and not so much advice that you might give to your clients and those that come to you for help. But what is the single most valuable piece of advice that you've ever received and implemented in your life, in your business? Maybe some of both. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I think it might have been when back in maybe January or February of 2007, uh, I was back home in Mayo and I was up late with my mom. It was about 1 a.m. And we were both kind of sitting in front of the fire drinking whiskey. And I was trying to figure out, should I quit my job? And she said to me, what's the worst thing that can happen if it doesn't work out in business for you. And I said, well, I'll have to go and find another job. And that was it decision made. If that's, that's the worst thing that can possibly happen. Okay. This, this is a no brainer. So, um, yeah, so, so it was just going through, okay. Um, and, and going through that, and that, that was a kind of a crucial decision for me, but it just, it made it so easy. So, uh, the next day when I went into work, I handed in my notice. So that was, uh, that was probably, I mean, it, it, it may not be the most insightful piece of advice somebody could ever give, but it certainly was the most important for me. Yeah, that's really great that what's the worst that can happen and analyzing that to know what to do is really helpful. And I'm glad you, you shared how long it was before you handed in your notice, because that was going to be my next question. How, <laughs> how long between the last sip of whiskey in front of the fireplace and went <laughs> in? And that's pretty quick. It was pretty well. I I, I had decided at that, that point. It, it, it was it was clear to me. Uh, the path forward was clear. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's a great story. I don't think we've heard that spin on advice before. So I, I love that. What's the worst that can happen? Of course, we take that approach to many things. That's a big change to make, and that advice really seemed to guide you there. Um, do you have any uh, interaction with the WordPress community in your area? Is there one in your small town there in the west coast of Ireland? Um, I don't know, actually. <laughs> uh, I, I, how would I put it? I, I used to be big into the WordPress community. And um, so I would go to, like, there was a WordCamp in Ireland a few years back. But it's not something that happens like it, it does in the in the states really often and things like that. So, um, so I did go to WordCamp and uh, spoken at a few events. But um, what I found was I was writing back in two thousand and seven, two thousand eight. I was writing a lot of blog posts about technical WordPress issues, and I was writing for my peers, not for my customers, and when I realized when I caught myself doing that uh, about 10 years later, no, it was about, about five years later. And I realized, Hey, I need to stop 
writing about things like how to integrate the new WordPress menus, um, you know, uh, and stuff like that that was coming out because my clients don't really care about that. Yes, I totally um, did the same no, and, and, uh, that was the time when I kind of, I disengaged a little bit from the community because I was focusing much more on my clients and what they needed. So it was, it's not really that I had a problem with the community. It's just, it wasn't my, my focus anymore. I was, I started to focus much more on what my clients need. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I I think the WordPress community is peers when you work alone uh, or you have your own business. It's nice to have that that community, but it does take your focus away from clients oftentimes. I find the same thing. I find something interesting. I learned something interesting. I want to share it in a blog post, but I'm like, my clients don't care. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and probably 25 other people have written the same thing at least about it in WordPress. So uh, point well taken. <laughs> yeah and, so. and yeah go ahead i cut you off there go ahead yeah, no, no. Uh, you, you go ahead please so i was gonna ask you about what 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 do you do what do you get up to what are your hobbies what do you enjoy when you're not uh helping businesses with their business what, what do you do what's fun for you um work look like yeah so um i guess i'm a bit of an introvert so like i like reading and stuff like that um i don't seem like an introvert but i am <laughs> Um, I'm big into sports. Uh, rugby is uh, is a fairly popular sport here, um, so it's a bit like your your football without the padding. Um, the hits are a little bit not quite as hard, um, but um, yeah. So um, I, I played rugby for uh, twenty years, and um, I still go to a lot of matches and things. So um, that's that's big for me. Um, I do Who's your team? Who do you support rugby? I support Leinster, so that's good because they're they're um, they're doing very well. So, uh, <laughs> um, but I live in Connacht, so so. Um, but that's Leinster's where I'm from, and um, so I decided to to nail my colours to the cross. So, uh, so so there you go. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Leinster very good. Ireland are very good. Um, the national team are doing very well at the moment. So they've just beaten New Zealand, the, the number one team. So that's, that's yeah, that's an impressive feat. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's that's it. Um, and I guess I've become a bit of a a bit of a business geek to the point where I'm reading business books for fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so um, but that's uh, that's cheating, I think, on the question. No, that's good. Thanks for sharing that with us. I think we're out of time, Alistair. I'm getting a little signal from Liam here that our time is is up. Can we ask one more question? But Liam wants to ask one more question. Alistair, you had that that conversation with your mother in front of the fireplace that went till one in the morning that you shared with us. And I I have to ask, do you remember the whiskey? And is it your your tried and true? Was it just that what that's what mom had in the shelf? Or share us with that if you will. Uh, it was probably Jamison. Well, that's a fine call. Yeah, so uh, that would be a pretty staple, I'd say. For yeah, so there you go. (laughs) All right, good question. It's it's been a pleasure having you with us. Thanks so very much for joining us, taking the time out of your evening over there um, to chat with us and let us get to know you a little bit more. Thanks for having me. Where can people find you online? So you can find me at websitedoctor.com, and hopefully, I will have a podcast um, sometime, probably early, early next year. Uh, and that hey. will be at IWillIncreaseYourSales.com. All right. Fantastic. Alistair, what a pleasure getting to spend some time with you and get to know you a little bit. Thank you for stopping by our hallway. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.